Hello, welcome to the Love Rosie podcast, the show discussing the 2014 film Love Rosie, five minutes at a time, with Helen Asprey and Luke Allen. I'm one of your hosts, Luke Allen. I'm joined, as always, with my co-host, Ellen Asprey. Yep. Um, <laughs> and... <laughs> um, yep. Uh, can we go again? <laughs> sorry, I should say, could you say, like, hello or something? Oh, okay. <laughs> oh, I'm sorry. Yep, it's fine. Yep, yep. here it is. <laughs> Uh, right, I'll try once more. Hang on. Yepers. I'm one of your hosts, Luke Allen. I'm joined, as always, with my co-host, Ellen Asprey. Hello. And uh, with our first special guest on the show, one of the hosts of my current favourite podcast, it's Eddie O'Keefe from Sitcand. Yep. That's me. <laughs> Hello. <laughs> Hi, everyone. How are you doing? If there's anyone yep, listening. Good. But anyway, let's carry on. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, we don't know if the listeners exist yet. That's the wonderful... wonderful I have subscribed. One. Ah. Thank you. Preemptively, so there we go. There we go. Thanks. Guarantees it's one. (laughs) And from being involved in my other shows, you specifically know that I was just really lazy with that intro and used the same one as like my past two shows. (laughs) I mean, hey, stick to what works. (laughs) So you watched Love Rosie for the first time yesterday. Yes. What did you think? Uh, I knew, I knew nothing about this film um, at all. With rom coms, um, they always start terribly. Like the first fifteen minutes are always like, "This is awful. I hate everything. I hate everyone." And no one speaks like a human being ever speaks in the world. And it really has to be a weird hook to get you in. Uh, this was this was not the hook, by the way. <laughs> this scene, was like, you know what? I'm actually really enjoying it. Um, but I did end up really liking the film when uh, Rosie was pregnant. And she was like, I'm not going to have this baby, it's fine, I'll just give it away for adoption. And then she's eating popcorn on the sofa, and she has that really lovely connection with the baby, but it's not even born yet. I was just like, oh, that's really sweet. And then the baby's born, and she's holding the baby. I was just like, damn it, this film's hooked me in so much. <laughs> it's a really lovely human moment. I'm just like, okay, I'm, I'm fully in. Um, and it's just, I felt so bad for Rosie the entire pod. Yes, entire I watched the whole I, film I with like feeling awful the entire mm-hmm. time. And it was like, why, why, yeah. like second, the, the, since watching it, knowing we were doing the show, I'm like, oh, it's a nice fun film. But first time around, I was like, <laughs> I feel horrible. Um, yeah. Because <laughs> yeah, no. her life is lovely. And yet there's just that pit in your stomach. And it's just. Oh. I think that's why it's probably my favorite rom-com. I don't normally like rom-coms because of what you yeah, said. Yeah, that's, well, that's but... what persuaded me was like when yeah. I, I dragged you through about time. Um, literally about a month after we started talking, I was like, right, we need right to film. watch About Time. It was good. Yeah, and, and then you were like, you should watch Love, Rosie. I don't like rom-coms, but I like this. And I was like, why? And then I watched it. Yeah. And I it don't know. Like, okay, I still don't know why, but it's good. Yeah, I like it's it. Like, I think this film was aged really well. I think when it came out, it got really bad reviews. I did some research. And people still like hated it at the time. I think it's just a this is a perfect lockdown film because it's really sad but also it's just really like comforting and lovely. Although I hate Alex so much. You he hate is an Alex? Awful human being. He's such a bad person. Really? Like, oh. Okay, can we just um, hating Alex is one thing. Can we ensure you're not pro Greg? That's all all I wanna <laughs> uh, Greg Greg can also just die somewhere. <laughs> but Alex was so horrible to Rosie most of the film. I don't think he meant it most of the time. I was just like, oh, Alex, just wake up and just look at Rosie and be like, oh, I get it. Yeah, it is really irritating. Being, I was frustrated. The good thing about, especially indie British cinema, is they really, they can. It's really weird. They simultaneously nail how real and raw emotions are, whilst at the same time, some 
this film did it a little bit in the beginning, but less so later on. They completely forget how humans speak, <laughs> which is really weird. It's like some some of the early dialogue. It's the worst. These people are eighteen year old dialogue ever heard. <laughs> And it's like that's of course I aren't even eighteen yet, which makes me really sad. But it's just like oh. I'm assuming we don't instantly the moment eighteen hits. It's like well now we're talking like Collins and Claflin. And um, <laughs> I yeah, forgot. Uh, in all fairness, I forgot very early on that they were eighteen, despite the fact that we opened with Rosie's eighteenth birthday party. I forgot until it was like wait, it's a school dance that I was like, what they're eighteen? But mostly this because I was aware me. of both of those actors as adults that I I struggled mm. to see them as younger people. This really confused me because you leave school at sixteen. We used to. I don't know if you do now anymore. Yes, but education is legally required through either college or apprenticeship until you're 18. Okay, that didn't used to be. But back back in my day, you could leave school at 16 and then just start work. Um, So in this time period, that would have been the case. You could leave school at 16. So I'm assuming they're in sixth form, not college. But they're still wearing uniform, which confused me. Because you didn't wear uniform in sixth form. Actually, my old school that I went to for GCSEs, their sixth form did have uniform. Yeah. Oh, that's really So strange. it would have been like the older kind of schools, I think. Yeah, I, I think it's... Yeah, the, especially those that are kind of got a certain standing in mm-hmm. society. Oh, I guess they're quite hoity-toity, aren't they? So we have our, our, our beautiful music. So, and then Alex says... I know we're not officially talking, but I need help with my tie. For a minute there, I thought you might be in love with me or something. Alex, you will forever be the boy who wiped bogeys on my favourite party dress, okay? (laughs) Don't flatter yourself. Yeah, I I like this because... um, So so I'm just going to read verbatim what I wrote in my notes, um, which is, so the drunken kiss on Rosie's birthday suggests that at least some part of one or both of them have started to realize their feelings for each other if it's one it's probably alex um hmm. is alex's joking suggestion of rosie being in love with him a way of throwing her off the scent that he has feelings for her or maybe a way for him to approach the conversation with her maybe both am i overthinking this probably but in my defense he was probably overthinking it all too <laughs> that's i agree yeah no i agree with that hmm. i think yeah i think he did he's trying to bring it up he wants her to know and that's clear yeah, and I feel like the way to bring it up kind of casually in conversation and like testing the waters is exactly what I've definitely wanted to do at times and probably... Can, I think he, can't yeah. he wants to push it to a certain limit where she's like... Yes. Uh, and and if, if it seems awkward, then he's like, oh, no, you know, I'm just making a joke. Are you in love yeah, with me or something? Yeah. And if, and yeah. if, it, if she kind of... I, it's odd because you can't imagine her saying yes. <laughs> to this yeah sure <laughs> it's like that's the time Turns out, I've been yeah. waiting for you to ask all this time <laughs> because obviously because all it does is if for her especially if she actually does have feelings for him which we realise she does whether she whether she knows she does at this point I think I think she does I mean it's quite, I think it's quite clear in this scene but yeah I think in, in the joke there it more made her uncomfortable and not want to talk about it they they both already got different dates for the dance, which has made it a bit awkward. They already they also weren't talking for a bit, and I think Rosie has forgotten the kiss 
because she was too drunk to remember it, was Alex is like very clearly, oh yeah, the kiss happened, but they've not really talked about it. Yeah, but I think I think with especially with Rosie having the feelings as well is she, is that they're both testing the waters in a well, he's testing the waters in a jokey way. But she's only seeing it as a joke and so is feeling more uncomfortable that she wants to throw him off the scent while he's throwing her off the scent. And it's just painful to watch. Good. You know, I know boy-girl friendships can be quite complicated sometimes, but, you know, I'm always here if you need to talk. But then she goes on and asks him a question about her boobs, which is a bit, you know... <clears throat> what do you think? Boobs are natural or pushed up? In or out? <clears throat> well, uh, I mean, it, it depends. Is, is it for dancing or is it, or is it, um, <clears throat> Who knows? Yeah, it is strange. Because yeah. so I feel like even if she did have feelings him? for him. Yeah, but I don't know. I feel like, obviously, I, you, you're the only one who can give the female perspective. If she was having feelings for him, surely she'd just avoid that anyway just because that would be uncomfortable no it's either because they're really close they're either really close and she doesn't care she doesn't think of it like that or she's doing it to test him but the his his yeah his response to that is very much like they've never talked about such things before yes because he stutters from the previous five minutes as well we know alex has recently he was a virgin before no does he lose virginity this this Section. I can't remember. Either way, he was a virgin up until recently. Yes, he, he lost his virgin... Like, the last scene was him in the computer room. Yeah. Which yeah. is like, yeah. is that why they're not talking? Because that seems weird. Because initially yeah. that's I what cause... I thought, but then it was like, but then that would be them acknowledging their feelings again. So I think it's it's late teenage, early adult, horny angst, I think. They're just not very comfortable with dealing with uh, sexual emotions and feelings at the minute. Whereas when you're older, you're just like, all right, whatever. It literally doesn't matter anymore. Particularly with your first time, Alex is like very giddy and excited about it. And now Rosie's like, oh, my boobs, what do you think? He's like, oh, God, I, I don't know. I can't look at your boobs. I'm with whatever her name is, other woman. What do we think? Because we're going to move on to, obviously, supposedly Rosie's first time in a moment. What do we think mm. of the fact that we don't see Alex's and we do see Rosie's? Well, we're following Rosie, aren't we? But then this is a complicated thing that we've spoken about. Yeah, there are points where it feels like we're supposed to align with Alex. Yeah. I I didn't ever. (laughs) I don't like Alex. (laughs) (sighs) Got a hate towards him. I think think because he's just a horny teenage boy, I'm just like, oh, Alex, when you grow up, you'll probably be really lovely. But right now, I'm just like... Yeah. Oh, but for 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 long for the few people who listen to this who've listened to my other shows, we do also have to remember that Eddie's opinion doesn't matter because he didn't like Kit Kat in About Time. So, I mean, she's bad. I don't like kooky characters and anything, but so I didn't like Kit Kat. But no one's really kooky in this film, which is not a nice. It change was a nice of... change, and dare 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 I say it? That's probably the way it differs from the Richard Curtis stuff. Is it's very yeah. Richard Curtisy, but also Richard seems to always have that one kind of kooky character. I'm trying to think who that is. Oh, I was going to say who's that in Love Actually. It's Chris Marshall, isn't it? Um, yes. But it's like, yeah, he always has the one kind of kooky character. Sometimes they work. Most of the time, I'd say they work, but clearly not to you. And yeah, with this, I don't think. I don't, <laughs> yeah, I don't think, think there is. No, yeah. I don't think there is in this one. I think Ruby's the closest. Yeah, yeah, Ru- yeah but not really. Yeah. 
But there are there are like elements of kookiness spread between different characters that it kind of balances mm. out fine. The music in this <laughs> the music in this film is amazing, by the way. Like every song is great, every bit of soundtrack is great, but they stole one of my stand-up jokes, and I'm really annoyed about it. Okay, we have to talk about this. Which one is it? So I, <laughs> I was, I was writing a stand-up bit which I haven't performed because of lockdown, and it was about how "Push It" by Salt and Pepper is no one's favourite song. Like, no one goes, that's my favourite song, push it. And then I was talking, I was going to talk about how it's the perfect song to give birth to. <laughs> it's literally someone going, push it. Like, proper breathing exercises. And then you go, oh, baby, baby. Because there's a baby obviously coming out. <laughs> and at one point, uh, someone in the song just goes, ow, which is obviously giving birth is painful. So <laughs> I was writing a whole bit about that. And then it turns up in this film. And I was like, well, you know what? Never mind. It's fine. <laughs> So we cut ahead to outside the uh, the hotel. Mm-hmm. Um, did anyone else think this was the school and not a hotel? Yes, I did. <laughs> I think I did, but I, I can't remember now. I was just suddenly was like, so hold up, there's bedrooms? Question. And that, yeah. <laughs> I got very confused for a moment. Yeah. But I think especially like a lot of kind of traditional schools just look like that. Um, uh, did you have a year 11 ball? No. Well, well no, because of COVID. <laughs> oh, you were going <laughs> yeah. to, of course, yeah, yeah. Of course well, no, I, I, I wasn't sure where I, I was going to go, to be honest. I didn't go to mine. I couldn't go. Yeah. <laughs> I was, I, I was gonna, but I don't know what I was after. I just kind of wanted. They were talking a lot about themes. I really wanted to do like a. Of course, I did. I wanted to do like a film Hollywood type of theme, and I was. Try- we I was to trying to. Theme, yeah. I was trying to persuade them to do kind of like red carpet and all that. We wanted to do the um, the Roaring. Oh, I don't know what year it was. I don't want to get it wrong. Roaring twenties. Yes, I think so. Yeah, we wanted to do that with like all the cocktail dresses and stuff. But oh, you know, that's right. Cool. wouldn't it? Yeah. yeah. I, I, I pitched um, the Black Plague. <laughs> so, Brilliant. It didn't work. I was, I was then told, don't turn up to the ball, so I didn't go. Oh. Um, I, I, I always wanted to, always wanted to you know, turn up with one of those kind of plague pigeon masks. Yeah. <laughs> the reason why I brought up the um, summer ball was because I don't think our sixth form had a summer ball. I don't think our sixth form will. So this really yeah. confused me. Like colleges definitely don't. We had a college party. Yeah. It was just our class. But this this is why I was so confused, because I don't remember sixth form balls um, at all. So I was just like, I don't know why they're having one. It just yeah, our, really... our college wouldn't, I wouldn't think. There's a lot of us, no. you know, especially across all the different... You know, it's three campuses is where we're at. A lot of students, we're not going to get anything. There may be, like, individual no, we, we, mini with celebrations. College, we just went to the park after the guess, first but... and second year. It was lovely. What, what did you just say, Luke? That look just glitched, what? and all like, uh, I don't know what happened then. Um, I I don't know what I said. I've forgotten. <laughs> well, hurry in the episode. It'd be great. But yeah, I was confused. I don't know why they're doing a big summer ball or a big uh, leaving ball for. Six yeah, because they don't normally do it today. Maybe maybe no. if it is a school where they just stay until sixth form, but they don't get a leavers ball in year eleven. Maybe. But it then it could have been like do done by you know. I don't know. It kind of makes it a bit more American. Yeah, it does. Like a, a prom. Yeah. I I don't get why they couldn't be 16 anyway. <laughs> like, it's... Well, maybe mm-hmm. they, they couldn't have a big night out then, could they, where they kiss and then... Yeah. yeah. yeah I, I, and then they wouldn't I have been guess. going to university. So. Yeah, okay, that that's true. It's... it's Yeah. 
Okay, I, un- I completely understand why they did this now. It yeah. <laughs> it's um, I, it, there's something weirder in the book where I don't think Alex turns up to the ball. I think that he's got he's like in America preparing for uni or something, and like he's, he doesn't get the plane back in time. Typical Alex. And that's and they were originally going together, and then um, Rosie ends up going trying to find someone else to go with quickly, and it's not Greg in the book. It's a guy called oh. Brian. Uh, Brian the Wine, they call him. Um, Every time me and you podcast together, Luke, we end up talking for seven hours. <laughs> I don't know what it is. I haven't got that Not, not literally. Not, not literally. Not literally, <laughs> I promise. That look but. on... Yeah, to the listeners, if this isn't the clip we released, which it probably won't be, the look on Alan's face was genuine fear at that yeah. point. It was, the, it was the, why did Luke invite Eddie onto this show face? For some context, our, for sitcom, we, we tend to film about one and a half to one and a quarter hours, maybe two hours at most for, per episode, it get edited down to one hour thirty. I With guessed Luke, it on. It three hours. I guessed it on and had to leave while you did the outro. I was like, yeah. I've been here for like three or four hours. I'm gonna have to oh, go. so you do multiple three episodes hours. like at a time? No, no, no that was just, just one. That was just one. Yeah. That, <laughs> I think you, you managed to trim it, it down to like an hour and a half or two hours, but about, about two hours. Yeah, it was a big. So in hindsight, was, like, was it worth it? It, it was because I got to know Luke. Oh. Uh, it was lovely. Would you want me to take my headphones but... out and you can say whether it really was worth it? <laughs> <laughs> well, I say, though, that edit killed me. I was just like, we're never doing this again. <laughs> yeah, because I'm trying to think. Because I think, I think Sitcand might genuinely be the only podcast that I f- came across, listened to, and then added on social media and tried to persuade you to let me guest. <laughs> and it, it took about a year, I think. Yeah. It was like, because you weren't having guests at first. Like, I was quite near the I was quite near the start, and you were like, we're not sure if we're doing guests yet. And I was like, but if you ever need one? And then every couple yeah. of months, I was like, any follow-up on the guest thing? And then eventually, when I invited you on to Two Minutes About Time, I think when you acknowledged that I was, in fact, a fully-fledged human being, um, yeah, was, it was when it kind of pushed <laughs> things along a little bit more. Um, He's annoying yeah. enough. He can join. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, he wormed his way in. <laughs> Yeah, but it's it's. I, but, and I, I managed. I've got to let him in. Yeah, I managed to sneak myself <laughs> an extra guest credit for saying a couple of tiny things on your live show as well. I'm just <laughs> building up. Um, but yeah, uh, Sitcand is it's great to anyone listening. It made me rewatch a lot of Friends, and I'm not quite sure what I think about that decision. Um, so uh, we talked about with the school being a hotel. Alex says, "So where's mm-hmm. this tool meant to be meeting you?" Hey, gorgeous. yes i couldn't agree more yesterday when i was watching this at this point in in the film i was very tired because i had a very long day i I woke up during the film i properly woke up but at this point i thought alex and greg were the same person i was very confused (laughs) (laughs) i mean the the big the big one for me is bethany and sally first time round. it's like are they the same person Mm. are they different people i don't care alex and alex and blonde they could be the same person I think it's intentional that, that everyone who they're romantically with looks the same apart from Alex and um, Rosie. But I, at first I was just like, why is that? Why is there two Alexes? And then I had to just kind of like shake myself. And I was like, oh no, that's a different person. <laughs> um, so we hit, we hit in the party and I just the song mention, we get... I just want to yeah. mention before you, put the song, before you say anything about the song, um, they're dancing with no, no music whilst filming this, guaranteed. And yeah. that just makes me cringe every single time. Every time I see a dance scene, I'm like, oh, there's I, no music. I agree. I'm exactly mm-hmm. the same. Because I've had to film dance scenes at college and university, yeah. and it is just like, 
Oh, no one look at each other. Yeah. I hate no, it. It's, it's horrible. Oh. It's so bad. Other, my other big hate is in any dance scene or any dance in real life when people start going, ooh, ooh. I, ooh, <laughs> I hate it so much. And this one just hits every single ick. <sighs> it makes my nails hurt. Yes. I don't know why. Like chalk. So, oh. talking about yeah. dancing with no music, have either of you ever been to a silent disco? Yes, it's amazing. I love it so much. I'm, I haven't, and I'm glad about it, I think. Yeah, I I oh, like great because they're often there's often like two stations and the headphones and you yeah. can like be listening to different music and dancing to the other people in the room and then I just like uh, taking your headphones off and just seeing yes. everyone like <laughs> going for it. I fil- I filmed it's... a silent because I was at like a church camp where they had one on one night and I was I I didn't like going to all the- it was weird it, it it sounds cringy and it the mm. the whole concept it should have been cringy but it was actually fun is that there was like a non-alcoholic Christian nightclub <laughs> that was on in the evenings <laughs> and um, they had a Christian rapper who once again on all senses of things should be should so be cheesy and I'm awful but also for some reason was actually kind of good but the um, essentially my youth group I was with wanted me to film the event because it was the last year of this like event had been going on for like thirty years and they wanted me to just bring my camera and film my youth group there. So on that time I was like, okay, so everything that's on in the evenings I'm gonna just go to a little bit of each because they had so many things. It was a great event. But essentially as part of that I I, I filmed the silent disco but didn't partake. I just thought I'll go and get catch some footage and it's so weird watching back and just being like, there's no music, wants <laughs> doing anything. <laughs> Um, but I, I did um, I did one even with disco, music with same... though anybody dancing just yeah I'm never quite sure there's the fa- which I know is weird to say because at the at this point in time about half a week ago I released a video of me dancing Hugh Grant from Love Actually so I can't really say I'm not for the dancing that video made me choke on my tea I was laughing so much it was so silly <laughs> genuinely right I really I put the video up on my Instagram I went and walked the dog and he's quite a an old dog so it was literally about a five ten minute walk around the block i came back 500 views and i was like what the heck <laughs> um and i'm hoping it's people watching it on repeat rather than that being shared around somewhere and someone's first impression of <laughs> me is i'll shared. take it down uh, but yeah it's um but the thing is i promised the christmas actually listeners that i will do a full shot for shot recreation of the entire dance at some point and now I realise there really is an audience for it. So nah. the music at the dance is "Hip Hop Hooray" by uh, Naughty by Nature. It was released in December of 1992. And I I was one. I make. No, I wasn't. I was six months old. No, I wasn't. I was one. No, I can't count. Never mind. Cut that out. That was absolutely <laughs> terrible math. Before '91, July. Written by Ronald Isley, Ernie Isley, Rudolph Isley, Chris Jasper. Uh, o. Kelly Isley Jr., Marvin Isley, Vincent Brown, Anthony Chris, and Kerr Gist. That's quite a writing team for a song. So Rosie actually looks at Alex quite a lot when they're dancing. Mm. So, yeah. and it's like her looking at him. So she's clearly she clearly likes him. She does, yeah. and she's. I think she's being jealous of Alex dancing, not and he doesn't realise, and she's trying to make him jealous by doing the similar yes, things yeah. to Greg and Graham. It's kind of painful to watch, to be honest. Do, we, do we think Rosie is prepared to? 
acknowledge that she likes Alex at this point. Because I think there's that, that that's a stage that has not been talked about, which I think is a lot of this film, is that they're not actually prepared to acknowledge to themselves for a while how they feel, which is why, for me, that computer room scene hit so hard for me, because it's like that felt at the moment that she realised she liked him and she realised it was almost too late. Obviously it wasn't, but to her at that moment, it was like, I can never be that girl. I can never be his first time. And I think that was her realisation at that point that like she has some feelings for him. Yeah, and that's probably why she gets with Greg. I think Luke just wrote a terrible 2000s boy band song just now. <laughs> uh, I, also, I think she is hoping that her and Alex will accidentally bump into each other and then realise, oh, feelings, but they're too awkward to say anything. Mm-hmm. They they both it's like so each sad. other, but I feel like at this like this point, they are kind of either one they keep overthinking it. They're at that yeah. stage, I think, where they're just like, "Well, do I?" And because of their age, I think Alex is just thinking with his penis and not his brain or his heart, mm-hmm. and Rosie's just like confused because yeah. oh, I like Alex, but I'm with Greg and I don't want to hurt anyone's feelings, and it's sad and just I feel so bad for Rosie. Yeah. And this is the way that the Ross and Rachel storyline should have been. <laughs> oh, I'm still angry at Ross. Um, I realise we haven't actually, to those who don't know sitcoms, they don't know that what you do is you go episode by episode through sitcoms and you're on season three mm. of Friends at this point? Season three of Friends, episode 17. I've never seen of, Friends. Never, oh, Ellen, you'd, you'd love it. <laughs> <laughs> like you, you, know, you know very little about her, but you're just going straight in with... You would. I mean, just just if if you do start at season six, I think, I think it's you have to start from the beginning to understand why we hate Ross. That's true. Uh, so that's bad. True. But you also so have to get through episodes. like three seasons of awful. Yeah, Friends for me is the I want something on in the background while I'm doing stuff. I need noise, but also something yeah. that I can occasionally chuckle at. Occasionally being the very important word there. Um, <laughs> but that's kind of you just kind of put a Disney film on to do that. Yeah, maybe your Disney your well, Disney film situation is probably my sitcom situation. How I Met Your Mother mm-hmm. is slightly more focused for me because I do genuinely like that sitcom. Whereas Friends, I'm indifferent on, and I've just started rewatching through episodes, and oh my goodness, that is mm-hmm. so the best thing to come out of Friends. Uh, we're at the scene in Love Rosie. I think we should we should we should, we should get here. Yeah. Um, it's it's the moment <laughs> that I've been dreading talking about. Uh, but I would like to note, I don't know whether you guys noticed, is it obvious? <laughs> I don't know whether you guys noticed or not, that this entire sequence is a one-shot, one-take thing. Mm. Um, and yeah. I think that really helps the awkwardness. Um, it does. So the, the shot starts at 12 minutes and 24 seconds into the film. And the shot mm. ends at 13 minutes and 54 seconds. So it's exactly a 90-second shot. And I don't know if any of you have watched the US office. Bit UK office. UK office, yes. Mm. Mm. They're like one of the th- one of the things they do so well is to create awkwardness. They just have lots of long silences and lots of the same shot on the same person with the long silence. Yes, because you really do get the feeling of what's he going to say? How's he going to get out of this thing he's created himself? And usually they can't, and that adds to the humour. But and it works in this as well because he's just fumbling around trying to open the condom and get it on. And it's just so awkward. And she's just looking at him like, are you, are you going to get it on? Are you going to put it on? And then she has the line where it's like, I'll do it for you. Like, no, no, I've got, I've got it. It's fine. It's fine. And it's so funny. Look, let me help. No, leave it. Okay, I've got it. F***. Ouch. Okay. Quick. Quick. 
so uh there's yeah i i think it's also there's something incredibly sad about the fact that they're both pretending that they've done it before like yeah. it's the concept of it not of they're both having to pretend that it's not something fresh and special and mm. i think that that almost encapsulates the the idea of creating a certain image of yourself being different to yourself and kind of how far it has to go how this being potentially like you know a big monumental moment in someone's relationship instead just being a oh we've got five minutes to spare might as well kind of thing yeah and it's i think that's so upsetting to watch you have done this before (sighs) yeah haven't you it's like brushing my teeth i know in some elements i could be enforcing some of my own values and that's why it's more upsetting but that this was very very sad for me <laughs> i don't know what the oh see this is gonna make me sound so bloody old i don't know what kids are like now we're talking about sex but when i was uh uh in school it was very much uh oh you need to have sex as soon as possible it's a big deal yeah, and yeah. It's, it's really not I I I was I was aware of that as an idea, but I was never with the actual crowd where that was a thing. Mm. But now just, now it, I find it weird when I'm watching certain like teen shows and dramas, and they're talking about at ages they ages younger than I am now, mm. and that is kind of the realization of oh this is so strange. And yeah, it, it's yeah. always seen as a big deal. When I got to college, people were just like no, it's fine. I haven't had sex yet. It's all right. Yeah, that like, oh, that okay, seems that... that seems to be more the college approach. I think is that people yeah. aren't fussed secondary school it was like the well it, it was also like the realization of it's like the change between primary and secondary school was the moment mm. where it's like you got you have the phase in like year seven when pe- mm. everyone's just swearing because they think they can now and then um and then that balances out and then you have the sex conversations around probably year nine i think that mm. everyone's just talking about it and no i think i think it was kind of year seven when everyone was kind of at the at the stage where they were like, oh, I want to get a girlfriend or boyfriend for this. And then perhaps like year 11-ish, everyone was talking about it. Everybody knew if anybody did anything. So it was like made such a big deal. And now going to college, no one talks about it. It's just like, it is no. what it is. Like, no one cares. I think even with some relationships, the first time is really special and lovely. For this, it's very much a, well, we're at a party. Let's do it, lads. And she's, he's clearly doing it so he can get laid. And she's just like, I might as well get it done. And she from her face, which is hilarious, has not yeah. enjoyed a second of it. Okay. Where is it? What? The thing. Dunno. Seriously, Greg, where is it? Y- you had it. Look, it can't just disappeared. Oh, God. Oh, shit. End of sequence, 90 seconds in, uh, at 13.54, we then cut back to the to the dance, where we hear Laz Ketchup by Azareje, also known as the Ketchup Song, which was released the 10th of June 2002 and written by Manuel Rui. Um, and I've got a note that Alex is smiling, but suddenly his face drops to look upset. Yeah, he looks concerned. so sad. And it's like, it, did he suddenly realise what Rosie and Greg have gone off to do? And that's kind no, of... No, my sad. view my view is that he sat there and he's thinking, she's not Rosie. Mm. Oh, that's much nicer. <laughs> <laughs> Looking at it now, Alex does look really like, oh, he's, he's smiling, but he's, he can, his heart isn't in it, and you can tell. Yeah. Yeah. 
which is quite nice. Again, like it leads back to her being just an object to him, really. And yeah. it, I, th I think his his facial expression here, whether it's actually something that people show, it's a lot more of what you feel. Almost, you know, those moments of disassociation where it's like you see mm. the moments happening, but you don't feel like you're in the moment. You feel like you're watching yeah. yourself living through it. And I think that's almost what he's got there is he's suddenly so distracted or his, um, you know, it's, it's a mix of tiredness, mental health. So there's a whole variety of reasons why disassociation happens, but that's, that's what I felt through Alex was the feeling of disassociation, which mm. I've had a lot and it's, it's not nice. <laughs> um, and I think they've, they've shot this in a really good way to show that. And then, mm. It's it's actually it is very funny the the cut between the cuts between the music and the silence of panic. And <laughs> Rosie. Like, yeah, yeah, she's it's just there with a the mirror. <laughs> yeah, because this is this is a point where I really really dislike Greg. Yes, oh, he's just the worst. My person. my note is I know we're supposed to, but I really bloody hate Greg. I'm not a violent guy, yeah. but I'd happily punch him. And then I and then I've just put in brackets about Mia from Love Actually because I realise she's the only other person I said that about, and because I really don't like Mia from Love Actually, um, who to anyone who doesn't remember character names in Love Actually, don't worry, you're not the only one. Uh, I I often forgot. Um, she's the one who ends up having the affair with Alan Rickman, and she, her her entire personality trait is woman who has affair with Alan Rickman, and I feel like Greg, his entire personality trait is lad who sleeps with Rosie and gets her pregnant. Alan Rickman. My favourite person. Yeah, I remember you, you. I think you were the first guest we had on Christmas actually, and you you had an Alan Rickman scene. You did no, I did. or was it Liam Neeson? You did Liam Neeson, I think. I did. Uh, <laughs> oh, Liam Neeson. <laughs> I the, the way the way to like get into Liam Neeson's voice is to just <laughs> sigh sadly. You just have to go. Oh, Liam Neeson. I really, I really want to. Um, Type into the chat Greg's lines and have you read them in the voice of Liam Neeson. Because <laughs> this will be officially like the weirdest thing. Um, but I'm just wondering whether whether Greg suddenly turns more likable with the voice of Liam Neeson. So who would like to read Rosie? I can do Kermit as Rosie. Kermit the Frog. <laughs> this is happening now. Okay, yeah, Kermit and Liam Neeson in this very awkward scene of Love Rosie. Let's go. Bang him. Ah, Rosie. Have you found it? Do you want to have a look for you? Really? <laughs> yeah. Go on all fours. Oh, bugger off. <laughs> <laughs> uh, this is so good. I didn't know I needed that in my life. <laughs> <laughs> I spent many many of my time at university just doing Kermit with the Frog. Because the Muppets came out at that time, the 2012 film, and I love that film so much. I think we may have to call upon a similar thing in a moment when we get to Alex and Rosie's phone call. Um, have we have we anything more to say before the phone call, or should I go straight in and just send? It's um, send you? Yeah, go on all fours. I just. Oh. Oh, yeah, so and his great. little smile. Oh, yeah. Me. Get out. Get yeah. Do you, could you? I'm, I'm trying to think. Do you want to do? Do you want to do Alex as Liam Neeson? Oh, or Alex as Alan Rickman? Can you do that? Can you do Kermit yes. and Alan Rickman? What's <laughs> uh, Alan? I feel like I'm doing kind of dance monkey dance now. I'm just. <laughs> well, I, I, I enjoy. I'm a, I'm a massive uh, tension seeker, so that's fine. Uh, let me think. Uh, I have to get the right Anna Rickman uh, as well. It's, it's, 
not moving my lips too much. Uh, where is he? Alex, thank God, where are you? I'm on my way out. No, wait, you got to help me. It's been an accident. Oh, Christ. What, what, what? No, 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 sorry, no. That's not what I meant. Everything's fine. Jesus. <laughs> you scared me. I mean, there was an accident, um, with a thingy with Greg, you know. Well, that happens, Rosie. I don't know, okay, something I need to, uh, take about right now. Alex, I need to get rid of it. I got lost and I can't find it, and I don't know what to do. You're not making any sense, Rosie. Can we just talk about this later? No, Alex, please. Okay, you really, you need to be really clear and really... <laughs> I struggled so hard not to laugh over that because just because I knew that I'd be making difficulty in editing. But oh yeah, that was great. That may be Thank our you. clip that we released with this week. What do you think, Ellen? <laughs> I feel that. No context. With, yeah, with no context. We just just we cut in here. We cut out at the end. That's it. It's like thirty yeah. seconds. <laughs> We've had two weeks of like ten minute long clips, and then we come in with this thirty second clip. No further context. What's what's the end of that line? Just so I want to, uh, I want to read that end of that line as currently. Okay. Um, it's yeah. Sorry, it's me cutting it off at the end of the minute. Right. Um, yeah. It is really precise. Okay. And really precise. He <laughs> says, says something like, "Oh, the condom got lost in my vagina." Yeah, that's really happy. That's yeah. That's no, that's, the that's next minute. Well, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> what do we think about? We, we should talk about this actually. What do we think about the fact that he comes back later? The guy. I like later. it. I think it's funny. It's, I think it's yeah, so it's... stupid that actually it really works. <laughs> it works, yeah. It's like, it, oh, it didn't, I remember him. It didn't have to be him. It could have been anyone else or no one at all. But the fact it is him is a really funny little moment. And it's just a nice way to round reflect, off the film. Yeah, like reflect back onto it. Yeah. And I think yeah. it gives us the same feeling as Rosie of, hold up, that guy looks familiar, but who is he? Yeah. Because we weren't yeah. paying he... attention to that guy in this scene. So it's... it's and I quite really... like it He'll... does the flashback. Yeah. So you, you're like, oh yes, because then you're on the yeah. same. It's page. definitely him. It's definitely the guy that looks like Alex Horn, mm-hmm. but it isn't Alex Horn. <laughs> he does look like Alex Horn. <laughs> it's yes. really. Weird. I thought it was. I thought it was at first, and I was like waiting for a task to happen, but it's like no, he's not Taskmaster. <laughs> I've so. I've only just like finally got round to Taskmaster like the past oh, couple of days. Oh, it's so good. And so yeah, he's a, he's a little too tall for Alex Horn. Um, <laughs> Alex Horn is actually quite tall. He's like six foot four, I think. But because Greg is Greg six quite, nine, quite tall. Yeah. Yeah, because Greg is 6'9". Just... I've, re- I've never been able to acknowledge your height, Ellen, because I must be considerably yeah. taller, because we've only met in person at desks, which is so yeah. strange. <laughs> like We talk now? so much, but because of lockdown, we speak yeah. across the desks, and that's it. I think I'm 5'9", I think. But I hadn't realised that we have such a height difference, so that's interesting. I'm six foot, so I'm taller than all of you. Brilliant. It's a fun fact for everyone on the podcast. If you enjoyed that, <laughs> now, you can, now you can picture now you can picture us talking with correct height. <laughs> the thing is, I try yeah. and avoid to say like avoid saying my height because I don't use it as a personality trait. I'm just yeah. I'm, I'm <laughs> five. How dare you? No. My whole thing is I love coffee. So talk I don't of like coffee. That's talk the thing. Doesn't that stunt your growth? Apparently, yeah. I don't drink it. There we go. There we go. Maybe you should and see what happens. I, I'm not... <laughs> one day, just... I'm indifferent on coffee, but we recently started buying this amazing mocha, and I'll just have, like, two or three of them a day sometimes. It's just... Uh, 
But um, I love coffee, but when I have it, I get really sick. So I can't have coffee anymore. And I found that I couldn't have coffee you get before headaches? going to Italy. I get headaches. Uh, I I used to. Well, I, I used to be fine, and then I had to just have too much caffeine, and now it makes me really sick um, in not a very nice way. And I found that out the week before going to Italy, where all they do is give you coffee, and I was so upset. So, yeah. yeah. Is there? Should we talk about our other segments? I think it's probably time to segment time. Yeah. Um, so are, are we doing the? We're going through everyone's answers of the questions first because we had a lot of answers for this question this week. Our question of the week was just, "What's your favourite film?" Uh, your your co-writer and director for for Reduced to Clear said Shaun of the Dead. Yeah, Alex. Oh, bad film. Yeah. Bad film. What? What? That's so much fun. It's such a fun film. I, I hate that film so much. Also, any film with Penny Wilton and Bill Nye like is amazing. Penny Wilton no, and lo- Bill Nye are both national treasures. <laughs> I love Hot Fuzz, don't like Shaun of the Dead. Mm-hmm. My favourite yeah, is World's End, and I know people despise me for that. I love World's End. I think it was great. I think it's a, it's a little bit boring. It's long. Yeah. yeah. I uh, like the take... fact that they were that they played side characters in a way and allowed other people mm. to... I, I liked the fact that they'd even adjusted their dynamic as actors. That's what I enjoyed. Anyway, sorry, yeah, who's, who's, who's next? Uh, so my sister and my mum put The Lost Boys. What a film! Yeah, it's a great yeah. film. I still need to properly watch it. I started it when you mentioned it, and then something came up. It's been on my desk. There we go for oh, a very long time. Very handsome vampires. Oh, oh, I know. <laughs> That's awakened so many things and so many people. That film. So, is it Corey Haim? Is that his name? Yes. Oh. Yeah. Oh. Oh, Corey Haim. <laughs> and then uh, I did answer this one on my other account. The other account, the Sixth Sense, I put. It's one of my favourites. Um, hmm. And I think shortly after that, someone who looks like a, an extremely intelligent, brilliant filmmaker and podcaster said about time, and I, I think I, I'd go as far to agree with him. I think. Yeah, yeah, the Ginger yeah. Leap put about time. Yeah. What what yeah. a brilliant what a brilliant username! Shout out to that guy. Yeah. <laughs> and then we've got him. Tegan. We've got Tegan who put the Maze Runner. What are your thoughts on the Maze Runner? I've not seen it, but I've heard okay. it's very good. I don't know if I've seen it. I think we mentioned See, last it's, week. Like it's Divergent and like... Maze Runner have kind of mixed up in my head that I don't know what I've seen. Mm-hmm. I've got the DVD of Maze Runner, but I think it's worth a watch. It's a bit. It's like fun, interesting, mm-hmm. exciting. Got James Lyon who put Once Upon a Time in Hollywood. He doesn't shut up about this film. Quentin Tarantino, he's obsessed. I I like Tarantino, but Once Upon a Time in Hollywood for me was just a film which I came out of it like, well, that was a film, and I haven't watched it since. I've not seen it. I was going to see it in a cinema and just missed it. So, yeah, I I still need to watch it. I'm not gonna lie. So Tom put Bad Boys Two. I don't know what that is. <laughs> I don't. I I, a... I do know what that is, but I have not seen it. It's um, it's it's fun. It's an easy, silly watch of just explosions and cars and just it's like it's just a silly easy action film to watch and is that like not a, a hot classic. fuzz connection in itself because there's a big yes. part of hot fuzz is about bad boys too and the- S- similar energy to die hard where it's like oh amazing film what's it about Duma. just watch it it's great okay i'll give that a watch yeah. and then we've got terminator 2 by alid yeah. yes yeah, yeah. Um, and he put slash police academy oh yeah police academy the first one yes all the others, no. <laughs> um, I love the first Police Academy. It, it, it's a victim of the 
of the sudden realization of we've gone too far and we have to try and make it into a family film and that's where so many yeah. franchises died where it was like they were it was this kind of great funny late night comedy where there are a couple of bits where you're like oh that's a bit awkward that's a bit near the knuckle but it's funny because of that and then the rest of them were like all pg movies and it was like ah come on They're like michael winslow can do silly voices and silly noises that's the film that that is a large part of it but there's some other great stuff i haven't seen it in a long time but i I remember really enjoying it i bought the first one and i was like i'm gonna buy the box set of all of them there are seven i've watched about two or three and i was like i'm done Mm -hmm. i was like they they're just nothing anymore over on facebook nigel wyke says in the heat of the night i do not know that movie Mm -hmm. um but I, I trust Nigel Wake. Yeah, I know. I know. There's a lot of these are from me sharing it. I know Nigel. He has a good film taste, so I trust that it's good. Uh, Joshua Griffiths said Drive, the Ryan Gosling film, which I've yeah, still yet good. I've still uh, yet to see. But um, I enjoyed it. But I feel it's overhyped. Robert E. G. Black, our exec producer and distributor, shout out Robert, said Eternal Sunshine of the Spotless Mind. Mm-hmm. I like that movie, yeah, but I haven't seen, seen it in a while. But it was really good. I watched it a while ago and I remember not liking it, but I'll just, I'll just, Ooh. yeah. I think so. um, there's the certain thing with Kaufman, which I really like Charlie Kaufman as a writer, but also there's there's the kind there's of feeling of being. There's a film that I want to watch. There's one of his films that I want to watch. I think it's um, something New York. Oh yeah, I didn't. I know which what you what you mean, but I can't. I can't pronounce the word that it Sa- is. Sign, sign Sim- I don't know. Yeah, whatever it is. I I started watching that and for some reason never finished, but I remember mm. that being odd. Uh, being John Malkovich, I love. I think Being John Malkovich is a great movie. Another Charlie Kaufman. An adaptation. Have either of you seen Adaptation? I think no. so. That's think, a movie yeah. where Charlie Kaufman writes about himself. Mm-hmm. Um, like It's about a writer struggling to write a film, but it's him as the lead character, but he's played by Nick Cage. And he has a fictional oh. twin brother... But he credited this fictional twin brother as his co-writer in the movie he's struggling to write. You then reveal that the film you're watching is the movie that he's struggling to write. And it's like a weird... You come out of it feeling both confused and surprised. Um, I saw the trailer for that. I never saw it, though. I, I did like the fact, though, that he created a fictional twin brother to separate himself like from the character in the film, I think. Mm. But he jokingly credited himself and this twin brother as the writers. <laughs> and this non-existent twin brother won awards. And Amazing. I find that just so fascinating. Um, so then Sarah Black said Tree of Life I have not seen that film but I think she recommended it to me a while ago um, so I don't know that film about that. Curtis Blaze says Brick once again not familiar with that I think I've heard of it but I don't know Brian Lockhart I think you've recorded with Brian right Eddie I have yeah, yeah. Brian Lockhart said Rocky once again never seen it yes same with me it's, like, it's on my list for so long it's like it's a, it's yeah. a kind of have to watch film but I have not seen it. Uh, Travis Bow says Star Wars the motion picture. Um, for, for which Brian Lockhart then replied, I'm so glad it was the motion picture and not the Phantom Menace. Not quite sure where my brain went there. Um, and then Alice Lauren said Shrek 2. Okay, just come on, Alice. <laughs> um, so I'm now we move sure on the to... director for Shrek, t- Shrek 2 is um, something as- Asbury. Very similar to my second oh. name. Yeah. yeah, I'm Asbury, okay. and he's Asbury, which is commonly yeah, it, mistaken. For yeah, it's like it's like me with Horton and Houghton. They're the same thing. Sorry, I just broke the illusion of my of my real surname. <laughs> <Ooh>. <laughs> Everyone spells my surname with one F instead of two yes. Fs, and it's very very annoying. 
because my handwriting was awful with your with your Christmas card, I got my mum to write the envelope because I was like, I want to make sure the postman can read this. And I told yeah. her Eddie O'Keefe with two Fs, and she still wrote it with one F. <laughs> I was like, Fuming. oh, um, so over on Twitter, Jeff Jeffrey Mendelssohn uh, said, "Pulp Fiction." That movie proved to me. The beginning, middle, and end didn't need to occur in that order. It also proved no one but Samuel L. could play Jules, and that's why I want to write. Mm. Um, and what's for? And then someone called Eddie O'Keefe commented. Never heard of him. Um, should we? Should we even listen to his answer, or just you know? <laughs> well, I mean, I'll right be putting off. our films in afterwards. Our weekly recommendations. Yeah, I don't know. Is, is your recommendation here going to be the same one as your weekly recommendation, Eddie, or have you got a different film for your film of the week? Uh, it's going to be a different one, actually. Okay, Brill. So we well, I will. Um, I'll, I'll, <laughs> would you, well, would you like to tell us what your favourite film is? Eddie? So my favourite film ever is The Shawshank Redemption. It's so so good. You and um, all of IMDb, apparently. Yeah. So it's just like it's a classic for a reason, mm. and I just. I it's actually that a film so that's much. on my list to watch. Apparently, it's really sad. Oh, it's it's really sad. It's also it's got moments that are really funny, like yeah. genuinely funny because it feels really human. Is it similar to um, um, the Green Mile? Not as sad as the Green Mile. Okay, Green, Green Mile, Mile is heartbreaking. Mile. Yeah, yeah. I think that's why um, I'm so scared to watch it because I hate sad films. Shawshank is really sad, but it, like, it's not like sad. It's not heartbreaking like Green Mile is. It's just it's sad because it's like this is an injustice. Injustice. Mm. And I really feel for this character's emotions. Yeah. But it's got such a good, lovely ending. Is it time to move on to our, our films of the week, I guess? What, what, what? Yeah. I don't know. Last week I knew what film you brought, Ellen, and I don't know this time. So I, who, I who should go myself. first? Who should go first for film of the week? <laughs> guest. Guest first. There okay. you go, Eddie. Yeah. So on a lighter note, um, <laughs> I did mention I love puppets. Well, I mentioned this film actually previously in this episode. I want to talk about how much I love The Muppets 2012. It is such a joyous, happy, silly, stupid film that also still makes me cry because it has some weirdly touching moments in it. And I don't know how they managed to make Muppets so human, but they really do in every Muppet film. And I watched that film three times in the cinema before I had a Cineworld card because I loved it so much. And I've even got a Kermit... Uh, I can't show it, <laughs> but there is a Kermit tattoo on my arm because I love Kermit, um, and I just love that film so much. One time at uni, we went, we <laughs> managed to have three different DVDs, an online copy, and I think a pirated version, and we watched the same film uh, on four different screens <laughs> at the same time because we could. I'm obsessed with the Muppets. It's just lovely, happy musical, and I just love that film. Is is that the first one? That's technically the sixth, I think, because oh. uh, there's one done in the eighties, which is the Muppets. Okay. The Muppet, Muppet movie. This one's just the Muppets in 2012. Hello, it's Future Ellen. Um, just want to give you a heads up. My mic turned off at this point, so we're used to Skype recording. Hence the awful audio quality. Um, I apologise. I do. I'm sorry, but please enjoy. Okay, thank you. Bye. Ellen, what's your film of the week? Uh, Frozen Two. <laughs> okay. <laughs> Yeah, there's this one scene. I don't want to don't want to spoil it. If you haven't seen it, you probably will have. But I love this film. It's funny. I hated Frozen One. Hated it. See, Frozen I don't like Frozen One either. Frozen I didn't. I, li- came out. I liked Frozen Brilliant. One when I first saw it when it first came out. But then when Let It Go and the Frozen stuff seemed to stick around for like three years. It and then the second I need to watch Frozen Two again because I kept hearing people say good things and I didn't get it. 
I came out oh, of it it's being so like funny. that. It's so funny. It's so funny. I only I watched it recently, to be fair. I've not, watched Frozen, I've not watched Frozen 2, but when Frozen 1 came out, I was working in a toy shop. So I'm oh, sick no. of Frozen. It just yeah. ruined it for me because I just like everything was Frozen, everything was Elsa, everything was a bloody singing Elsa doll that was a Christmas thing. But but in another way, Disney Disney hasn't quite had a hit like that since, have they? No, unfortunately not. And it's so. unfortunate that it's Frozen. Um, so my film, probably quite weirdly, some version of a text I studied at GCSE. So it's weird that I like this. But um, mm. did you, Ellen, in your GCSE? No, an inspector Oh yes, I've seen. Oh film. yes, I've seen the film. Yeah. So you did that in English. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, we yeah, did we did, did that as a as a like yeah, a place Yeah, me, me and Luke in class together. <laughs> <Sorry. laughs> um, but yeah, so uh, we were studying that and I really liked it when we were studying it. There's very few texts I liked in English, but I really enjoyed Inspectacles. Me too. And um, so the last time I'd saw the film before this week was the last day of term before lockdown. We didn't realise it was the last day of term. They just announced the lockdown and we were told we were going to be in for the Thursday and then leave on the Friday. So they gathered us all in the hall, which feels stupid now, gathering everyone in the hall when the whole point was the spread <laughs> of the virus. But then it was fine. They gathered us all in the hall and they were like, OK, we're just going to watch the first half of an Inspector Calls. And then we'll watch the second half tomorrow. And then tomorrow we weren't in and that never happened, which yeah. was sad. But I ha- we, 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 we'd watched it in class before, but actually watching together specifically and watching yeah. all the way through, it was just kind of the fact that we never completed it that was quite sad. Mm. And then over lockdown with all the different people I had on podcasts, all the different people I got in touch with, I ended up becoming sort of friends slash acquaintances with the director of that film. And so she posted on Facebook that it was on again. And I was like, oh, well, even not even just as a like, this was something I used to study as a here's a movie Ashling made. I'm going to watch it. I'm going to sit with my family and watch it. And I loved it. I thought it was really well done. But the film is currently on BBC iPlayer. Um, David Thelowis, Ken Stott, Miranda Richardson. It's brilliant. And That's so, another thing. I don't actually know where you can stream Frozen 2. I'm assuming maybe now TV. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I'm, assuming the, I'm assuming the same for the Muppets, right? Eddie? The Muppets yeah, is on Disney Plus, yes. Anyway, Eddie, where can our listeners find you on social media? So you can listen to Sick and Podcast, uh, comedy podcast on myself, on my best friends, Ollie the Jam Rider, and Amy Bashful for the sitcoms episode by episode, except where we don't. We are on Apple Podcasts, Stitcher, Spotify, SoundCloud, and TuneIn. You can listen to, uh, you can also find us on social media at facebook.com slash sitcant, Twitter at sitcant, Instagram at sitcant podcast. Brilliant, smooth. Damn. It's smoother than ours. Love Rosie. Um, that, yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> you can go follow the at Love Rosie pod on Instagram and you can find mine and Luke's um, personal accounts on there. And the same with also, Twitter and Facebook. Yeah. And. Uh, yeah, anything of mine that's not mentioned there is at lukeallen.co.uk. Um, thanks, everyone, for listening to this. Oh, hang on. We've forgotten something. We haven't planned what our question is for next week. Most awkward thing you've heard in the lift. Yes, the most awkward thing you've heard in the lift, if that's ever happened. Oh, shall, shall, we, shall, we, shall we shorten that to in a public place? Uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Awkward things yeah. that have happened in public places. Um, so, yeah, thanks, everyone. For Thank you very much for um, listening. Thanks, Thanks, Eddie, for joining us. Thanks for having me, guys. Thank you. This was a jolly good time. 
The Love Rosie podcast theme is performed by Ethan O'Mahony and is a cover of Reprise from the Love Rosie soundtrack, originally composed by Ralph Reganmayer. The Love Rosie podcast is produced by Bottle Productions and is distributed by Lemon Drop Studio. For more podcasts and blogs, visit lemondrops.com.